your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 326 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of enemy territory, downtown Toronto, alongside Brandon Pillar up in Collingwood. And you can feel the tension in Toronto today. It's game seven. Habs, Leafs, and there's going to be 550 fully vaccinated healthcare workers in the stands. We do not yet know whether the Leafs captain will be in the stands with them or on the ice. He skated at morning skate with a regular jersey on. I'm getting Kevin Durant vibes from 2019 coming back too early, but we'll see how that plays out. We also don't know the status of Jake Muzzin. Full blue team elimination watch coming up on today's show, but we mentioned fans in the stands. Now in Montreal, game six, 2,500 fans were there, but two stood out. Yes, two send sickos. Stuart and Melissa were rocking the red. They had the sense where it just says sends across the jersey, the ultimate sicko move. And they had a great time at the game. And now they join us on today's show. We get a full recap of how their day went. Did they get chirped? And well, how did they enjoy being in a hockey arena watching for the first time in 444 days? Just one more sign that we're getting a little closer to normal. Some round two talk. Also, the draft lottery coming up. We'll spin that tankathon. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Today is Monday, May 31st, and Pilsy, I'm going to say this because it might be the last time the Toronto Maple Leafs have never played a single game in the month of June. Wow, that is an intense stat. And uh, if it wasn't for the way the season turned out, I think that would have stayed the same. And especially this, this is it for Leafs fans. Like yet again, round one, and you're already nervous that you're not going to make it by. Everyone else is already playing in round two and it's the Leafs still stuck on round one halves. And Ross, it's blue team elimination day, a, a glorious day for Sens fans. And you know what's the best part about this is, is it's also red team elimination for the Habs because either <laughs> either way, we can laugh and poke fun at someone by the end of this, right? I saw a great meme. I wish I could give it credit, but it was this guy pointing and laughing at his two friends who were holding lobsters and making the two lobsters fights. And the guy pointing was the Jets and then the Leafs and Habs were each a lobster and just kind of going at it because... The Jets made such quick work of the Oilers. They've been off for over a week now after the sweep in that series, whereas the Habs come back from down 3-1 in their series against the Toronto Maple Leafs. They've had no trouble already winning twice at Scotiabank Arena. How much, if any, of a difference do you think these 550 fans, and by the way, we should not mention, not just fans, these are healthcare workers, as it should be. I was under the impression it was going to be closer to 1,000. That's what the organization was asking for, but... How much of a difference do you think this could play out into tonight's game? Well, if you ask the Leafs uh, why they lost the last game, it's because there was fans in the stands in Montreal. That's why. But but remember before the game, Spezza goes, well, we've played all in front of fans before, so it's not a big deal. So funny how the narrative changes. 
Yeah, yeah, weird. And if they would have won, they would have been like, yeah, it's because the fans were here. We were motivated to beat them. So it's it's funny how you can spin that narrative whatever way you want. But the, the thing is, it's great that I think if anyone in this society deserves, you know, a, a reward, uh, something extraordinary to be given to them, it's healthcare workers. Like I'm sure uh, I don't really know any healthcare workers personally, but I'm sure people that do can explain the struggles and the hardship that these people have been through. It's been, if you think it's been a grind for you through this, imagine what they've been through. So for them to get a chance to go to a game seven Leafs versus Habs playoff game, that's pretty incredible. Um, I'm just glad it, it's not 550 finance bros from Bay Street. That's what, that's especially what I'm glad for because otherwise you get tucked in jerseys with collar shirts and no cheering uh, during the game. So this is much better. These healthcare workers are going to enjoy it. And I, I think it will have an impact on the game, Ross. Like sure, 550 people in a arena that's meant for 18,000 plus doesn't seem like much, but they are going to be rowdy, I bet. And I bet in the arena, you're going to be able to hear them at full force. I could be wrong, but I'm under the impression that all 550 will be in the upper bowl because they have their sponsors on tarps that are already covering the 100 level, which won't make a difference to the sound that that arena has when the 100s are full with all the suits who are also usually underneath the penalty boxes at the uh, the VIP club there watching the game from there anyway. So you're right about that. It'll be well-deserving fans who are at tonight's game. I wonder what the split's going to be, right? Uh, you got to think it'll be at least 90% Leaf fans. I was actually surprised at how Habs-focused the crowd was in Montreal. We know Leaf fans, they travel well. They're everywhere like rodents, and they they pack that building typically. So I was uh, impressed that the Canadiens did a good enough job of, of really focusing and being able to keep the tickets in the hands of Habs fans, except for two that snuck in there, Stuart and Melissa coming up soon. That was an awesome conversation. A learning kind of the ins and outs of how their day unfolded. Yeah, absolutely. And I think they were able to sneak under the radar Ross because they got the Montreal accents. They're born and raised in Montreal. So you assume they're Montreal Canadian fans going to a, a game six playoff game. First time fans are in there, but they, uh, they pulled the old psych on them and now nah, we're Sens fans. And yeah, that was, that's a fun story. And this is why we love doing a Sens podcast because the Sens haven't played in weeks and we still get content from the Sens community doing fun stuff like this. And it was great to talk to both of them. We haven't really, I don't think we've ever done a two person interview before. So this was new for us too. And you get to feel the excitement and just how much fun they had doing that because yeah, like just being able to go to an event, going, going to an atmosphere where there's other people cheering for an entertainment quality purpose. Like that's foreign to us these days. So it was great to hear the recollection of the night. Yeah, we'll get to that momentarily, but back to Leafs-Habs Game 7. We need your prediction, Pilsy. We'll get to your parlay of the day, but who's taking this one? Who's moving on to face the Jets? There's, a, in my mind, a 0% chance of the Leafs winning this game, and I'm going off past history. Like, we're looking at over a decade of them not winning a playoff round, and if there's any time for the Leafs to choke, it's in the climax of the moment like they're they're not gonna win in game six and move on normally like a normal team they're gonna bring it right down to the wire they're gonna have Leafs fans excited Leafs fans are gonna be tweeting about round two in the third period and then the Habs are gonna come back and win like I I'm putting a decent chunk of cash on the Habs which is gross and I don't like that but I don't see how history is gonna change here but they they do have a reinforcement possibly coming back to them 
Potentially. And let's get into that in a moment. But before we get to it, I'll give you from both perspectives. From the Leafs, why they should be confident is the games they've won, they've dominated. You look at the 5-1 win in game two on home ice and then going into Montreal, not only earning that 2-1 victory in a tight game, but then blowing them out 4 nothing. And that one could have been even further if it weren't for the great play of Carey Price. And then you also look at in the only games in five and six that Montreal was able to win, both took overtime, although the Leafs did have to climb back into both those games down 3 nothing and 2 nothing, respectively. But if you're the Habs, you're going into a game seven, one game, winner take all. What's the most important part of hockey, Pilsy? Goaltending. And who do you want in a game seven? Jack Campbell or Carey Friggin Price? I mean, that's pretty easy to pick right there. Yeah, exactly. I think, but don't discredit Jack Campbell. He's played really well as well, especially for a guy who isn't their number one guy or like officially their number one guy. Like he's taken the reins and he's ran with it. So I'm, I'm happy that's a guy that deserves success. He's been in the prospect pool for a long time for his career and he's, and he's finally getting a chance here. But this is, this is it. Like game seven, Habs, Leafs, this is such a massive moment. And this is a great chance for one of these teams to like, they're going to play the Jets, which is a tough, tough matchup, especially after sweeping the Oilers. But this is the best chance a Canadian team is going to have at the cup in a long time. So if you get bounced in round one, you're looking back at this in, I don't know, five years. And you're like, wow, we squandered a perfect opportunity to, and I mean, even just going to the Eastern conference finals is a big deal for franchises. Like that's a successful year for most franchises. So there's a lot on the table here and the anticipation and the excitement is going to be wild. Even for us, third party sense fans, like you can feel the emotion going into this game. Pull up a chair and enjoy and just be ready to chirp whichever fan base falls short. You mentioned Jack Campbell. He was a 10th overall pick back in 2010, where the Sens are likely to pick in 2021. We'll spin the tankathon at the end of the game, but you mentioned reinforcements might be coming for the Leafs. Now, it was only 11 days ago that John Tavares looked out cold, maybe out for the year, maybe two years. Like, could he ever play again? That was in the scariest collision I've seen in a while. and Maybe not even just a direct collision, but the aftermath, trying to get up and his legs just snapping backwards. And they said his knee injury was going to take two weeks to heal, let alone the concussion. But he's on the ice wearing a regular jersey at the morning skate. Is this just a heroic effort by the captain? Because, I mean, everyone's taking head injuries so seriously. This can't just be a decision made by John Tavares. There has to be an entire team of doctors that are putting their reputation, potentially their jobs on the line for him to get back. Because I mentioned off the top, I am getting some eerie Kevin Durant vibes where he tried to come back in the 2019 finals, tore his Achilles completely, and ended up missing the entirety of the next season. Yeah, this, this is a weird feeling for me. Like part of me is like, wow, what a great comeback story. But then also part of me is like, does he need to be doing this? Like, is this too soon? Like you said, and part of me thinks like, maybe this is just a publicity stunt. Maybe they just get him in the blue and practice, get the morale up. And then they decide he's not good to play. Like, is that get a people possibility? Ta- get people talking about that rather than the fact that the Leafs have lost seven straight games in which they have a chance to close out the series. I'm, I'm producing Leafs lunch in an hour. And I know what our lead is, and it's not the fact that they are 0-7 in their last seven (laughs) elimination game. It's not the fact they haven't gotten past the first round since HDTV. It's not the fact that 
they're going up against a team that finished below two teams who didn't even qualify for the playoffs in points because they were in stronger divisions. These are all secondary to the fact that the captain might return from a concussion. So I get what you're saying there. Stay woke on that because this could just be a smoke screen. I mean, like I said, there's just too many people who have to clear this for, I think it to happen tonight. Yeah. And I think if he does get cleared, if he does play, it's going to be kind of a Steven Stamkos in the cup finals last year kind of thing. Get him out for a goal. Yeah, exactly. Get him out for some power play time in the offensive zone for face-offs, that kind of thing. Like play him minimally in, uh, in spots where, you know, he can succeed and then have him on the bench for morale. And it's like, I forget what series that was with Boston with Chara when he like busted his jaw completely open and he stayed on the bench the entire game. I don't think he played a shift in two and a half periods, but he was on the bench for morale to motivate them. And as a team, you just feel better with your captain around. Like it feels right. You you get that aura of his presence. And I'm not sure what kind of uh, presence Don Tavares has. He's more of a kind of quiet lead by example guy, but I think it would still be a big boost here for the Toronto Maple Leafs if he was around. Mark Masters tweeting out just now that uh, John Tavares is staying out late with the projected scratches, which makes sense. So it is just that good thing where our old takes aren't too exposed just yet, but they, yeah, they could not let him play in this game. So John Tavares likely out of the lineup, all but confirmed. And also Jason Spezza saying they're going to have to make without Jake Muzzin for the foreseeable future. And that's another huge loss for the Maple Leafs, but the Leafs' loss is, uh, well, every other fan base's gain when it comes to the NHL. And you got to think, what could the fallout be if they are unable to close the deal? We'll get into all that tomorrow with the fallout of Game 7. We've also got the second round well underway. But, Pilsy, before we get to our interview with Stuart and Melissa, let's tell you about our friends at Wealthfront. Because Wealthfront is decades worth of data that shows investors that trade only individual stocks underperform the market every year. In fact, only 1% of day traders beat the market. The odds are not in your favor. That's why you got to team up with Wealthfront instead. Investing can be complicated, but whether you're a beginner or you've been investing for years, Wealthfront makes it easy for you. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diverse, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all that for you with preferences that you can control. Wealthfront can even help you lower your taxes. For their average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low 0.25% annual advisory fee. Best of all, it's automatic. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to wealthfront.com backslash locked on NHL. All you need is $500 to get started, grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to wealthfront.com backslash locked on NHL. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T.com slash locked on NHL to start growing your savings. Go to wealthfront.com backslash locked on NHL and get started today. All right, here they are. Send Sicko Hall of Famers. It's Stuart and Melissa. All right, we now welcome a pair of very, very special Send Sickos all the way from the heart of enemy territory. No, not Toronto. They're in Montreal. It's Melissa and Stuart. Guys, 
you became famous last night. You became Sensico Hall of Famers at the very least. Heading into the Bell Center, the first game in 444 days with fans in Canada. We got to start at the very beginning, though. How'd you guys end up getting tickets to the game, and what gave you the idea to rock the Sens Unis? Well, first of all, thank you guys for having us. We're like super happy to be here. Um, and I don't know if you, you want to start with the, the story of how we got there. Yeah, well, actually, we got uh, presented with the opportunity to go uh, yesterday morning. So we did not actually like pay the crazy amount for the tickets for, for two teams that we don't even support. <laughs> so um, when we got the opportunity, well, we were like, yeah, it's we haven't done anything in the past 10 months and it's going to be like a great hockey uh, hockey game a good show so and it's playoffs so like of course we're going to go and as soon as i told him uh he was like he tweeted that he would go uh, in his uh, sense gear and it just took a life of its own and it became crazy so then i was like okay well i have to wear one too and it, it just went on from there and yeah, really nice we were like, we're crazy to go, or we're crazy not to go. And, and with the Sense Twitter and the Sensical movement, we were like, we have to do this. This is, people are going to get like a blast from this for sure. <laughs> uh, and we were going to have like a fun time. And uh, we did. It was amazing. And, and I think the fact that we're two very ordinary people, I think that's why it blew up. Like, we were like representing Sense Twitter as a matter of fact, over there, and we had lots of fun. But to me, it's nothing new. As you said, I was born and raised here in Montreal, so I was always going to games alone, and I was like the loner in the corner. And uh, when Ottawa, I was at games where Ottawa would win in the playoffs or win during the regular season, and I was at games where Ottawa would get like blown up 6-1 in the first period against Montreal, and there's like 20,000 people screaming, ah, and, and you're there, and it's like, and they're saying, like, go back to your country. And I'm like, first of all, I was born in this city. And second of all, we're in the same country. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was, it was a blast. It was so much fun. So, uh, Stuart and Melissa, I got to know, if you guys are from Montreal, how did you become Sense fans? Like, let's take this even farther back. Like, Sense Central are... Citizens here. Yeah, exactly. You guys are Sense Central Citizens. This is the first time we've done a uh, twofer uh, interview as well. So you guys are starting something new here and it's a lot of fun. So how did you guys become Sense fans in a different country, as, uh, as you just said, in a different city? How did that happen? Yeah, I don't know. I think people here are not super knowledgeable in geography, clearly, <laughs> since they're all in the same country. But for me, it started very, very early. Uh, at five years old, I was watching a hockey game with an uncle and big Nordique fan basically and said like you can pick whatever team you want just don't pick Montreal uh, and I remember on TV uh, it was like I think it was Havlet who had the puck and basically it was Montreal against Ottawa and it was like just pick Ottawa or whatever I'm five years old uh, but instantly like it became a religion to me um, and the fact that I was living here and I was alone it kind of made me become an even bigger fan I was like I'm like the only one here I need to stand up for Ottawa here and to, to, to sense fans. So um, it was always a big rivalry in, in high school. We had hockey day and everyone would wear their uh, Habs jersey. And I was the only one showing up to school with uh, the old jerseys. I had like the Senate goth I brought to school one year. Uh, so yeah, it was, it was always me against the world kind of <laughs> in Montreal. And then I met this uh, beautiful lady here and uh, she was like kind of a Habs fan. Yeah. Oh, no. 
yeah well we can't be perfect but yeah uh, i converted really quickly into this. Yeah. <laughs> like since sicko movement since twitter uh and like just the fan base in general the vibe yeah. and the team like players we have here like brady kachuk uh is so likable we have thomas shabbat and then like we had uh, timmy or james or jimothy whatever <laughs> and then we had like, <laughs> we had uh, drake josh norris and even like uh, the coach which started the year like we weren't so sure he was playing like the old guys and stuff but as soon as he went on on tv and said uh, yes ha, 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 yes like <laughs> also so i also like nick paul yeah she likes nick nice. paul but yeah so i i <laughs> have like not I, I never liked the habs as much as i like the sense now even if it's been like not so long but i really got into it and so yeah it's basically this guy that converted me to the Sensico Bear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. So, Melissa, how long did it take you from when you met Stuart to realize that this was more than just a little hobby that he had on the side, that he was a full-on Sens fanatic? Not, not very long, because I think like two months into dating, we took the trip to Ottawa to go to the Canadian Tire Center to go watch a game, and it was super fun. So at first I was like, he was like, you, you don't have a choice. You have to be a sense fan. And I was like, yeah, sure. Fair. Okay. Didn't really care. But pretty quickly, especially this year with the, with the, new, uh, the new players. Yeah. The new-, <laughs> new jerseys too, going back yeah. to the yeah. old school. Yeah. Everything's kind of starting. So you got in on the ground floor, Melissa. There you go. Yeah. You, you yeah. didn't have to live through the pain of 2018 no. and 19. And then now it's, it's all up. So we want to hear. So you guys get dressed for the game last night. You're on your way. Were you getting heckled? How was the atmosphere walking up? I saw you did an interview as well with uh, Sean McKenzie too. Yeah, yeah. I like it was pure confusion yeah. from people in Montreal. Like they were, they were like they saw us and were like, "You're not, sense. you're not at the right place. Sense. You're not at the, you're not at the right game." And yeah, yeah. So it was, it was pretty funny. Like even like some homeless people, they were like kind of heckling us and like, you have big balls to come in here with that jersey. And it, was, it was pretty fun. And uh, yeah, it's just like, I walked up to Sean McKenzie and he was, he looked at me and said, like, what are you doing here? Like, dude. Uh, and he was like, I can't believe this is a Habs Leafs game and I have to deal with these people again. And um, he, I just said, I just said, do you want to interview? He was like, yeah, let's do it. So he just, he asked, uh, what the hell we're doing here? So I pretty much told him. And then he said, what, it's, what does it feel like to, 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 to be in Montreal to, for a playoff game? And as she said, it's been like 16 or 15 months where we haven't been able to do a lot of things, if anything. And to be the first people to be at a hockey game, first of all, playoff hockey in Montreal is like an incredible vibe. Whether yeah. we love the, the team or not, the vibe is incredible. Uh, like 2,000 people felt like 20,000. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, it was amazing. So um, it was it was so much fun. Yeah. Yeah, and I think uh, normally I wouldn't say to two Sens fans, I'm jealous you got to go see the Leafs and Canadians play. <laughs> normally I'd be like, well, that's unfortunate for you. But this yeah. is this is a whole different situation. Hockey yeah. hasn't been played in this in this country, Quebec included, for a long time. Um, so I want to ask, uh, I'll start with Melissa. What was the environment like when you, like, I could just picture, like, walking through those doors, the doors open up and oh, you, into the you, arena. you smell the, the draft beer, you hear the ice, 
the the music is playing. Like, what was that moment like, uh, Melissa, when you first walk into that arena and it's like hockey is back? Yeah, it felt so good, but at the same time, there was no concessions open mm -hmm. because of COVID. None. Wow. Your masks on, so it's well in Quebec. It works. It works like that in theaters. Uh, yeah, I don't know for the the other provinces if it works the same way, but in theaters, uh, for example, you can go watch a movie, but you can't like eat popcorn and yeah. drink the soft drinks. So it's like not the same experience. So that that was a that was missed, I think. But it was such a great game, so it it really like was not uh, a problem. But yeah, we we would have enjoyed some beers and. For sure. And hot dogs, for, for sure. sure. But just being there, uh, uh, being in the Bell Center, and we've been there for like shows and, and everything. So it's been a while since we mm -hmm. haven't been there. So it was really fun. And just, you know, we didn't get like the, the, the ambiance was super good, like a really partying ambiance. Yeah. Everyone was so happy to be there. And we didn't feel like we, we thought we would feel like we were really like not wanted there like, but people d just found it funny that we were like I, in a sense gear they were like I, I was prepared to for battle there yeah. it was like I felt like <laughs> William Wallace going into battle like you have to prepare to defend for yourself here but uh, that was just like confusion from fans and uh, from singing the national anthem that was like gave us chills that was amazing it's not Canadian Tire Center, but the fact that we're in an arena watching a hockey game in the playoff, I feels like home, right? This, this is what we're meant to, to do. We're Canadians. We just watch hockey. And to, to sing the national anthem, uh, at 11-11, I got up and, and ch chanted the Alfie chant. Like, as we miss this so much, we don't even realize it. And we know we miss it, but the fact that we went there over there, and it wasn't even Ottawa. Like, we miss it so much. Like, it's an integral part of, of who we are, I think. And... We just can't wait to, 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 to go to the CC, either it's for the regular season or the playoffs, but just to be around like family where everyone's wearing the, the black jerseys yeah. and like, we just can't wait for that. That's awesome. Even Sense Chirp gave you a little nod, an absolute yeah. beauty out there. And we noticed you right away in, uh, in the anthem singing and they had that wide shot. You guys had great yeah. seats back there too. Yeah. yeah, you know what's funny actually, when Kak and Yemi scored the overtime winner, Actually, they, uh, they like just put the camera on us. Like, what the hell? We're, why? We're, well, all Habs fans on Twitter as well immediately thought of the Sens and Brady Kachuk too. You saw on Twitter yeah. as well, everyone, because they can't enjoy it themselves. They have to, you know, compare themselves to us, which is just kind of sad. But hey, good for that kid, man. That was a great yeah. shot. And game seven, like, there's nothing better. So I was, yeah. I think Margaret O'Toole put it great on Twitter. She's like, I'm not cheering for either of these teams, but I'm cheering against the Leafs more. <laughs> Especially when it's a game six situation. So, yeah, well, uh, Melissa, start with you on this one. What was your overall impression of the evening now, looking back at it the next day? It was a blast. And the like Stuart said earlier, uh, we were only like 2,000 people, mm -hmm. uh, much or less, and, and more or less. Uh, but it felt like 20,000. Like the, I, I feel like people were compensating yeah, yeah. <laughs> with their energy. Yeah. Like there was a lot of energy and the, the game was really good. I was surprised to be like entertained uh, as much, even though like there wasn't any goal for the two first periods. It was still a pretty good match. Uh, yeah, I mean, a playoff game, like you said, a playoff game in Montreal, it doesn't matter. Like, the, that's that's classic hockey energy. So, like, you're at this game, and it's a playoff game, and you don't cheer for either teams. But, like, when a goal happens, 
What's what's the idea for you guys? Were you guys getting up a little more for the Habs goals, or getting yeah. up a little more for the Leafs, or just or, or just enjoying the scene for a little extra for Jason Spezza sends abroad? True. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think there's a lot of components to it. Uh, if I was if I were born in Ottawa, clearly I would have this hatred towards Toronto. And being a Sens fan, I do have it. When I was born and raised here, and I had to grow up being a Sens fan basically all by myself. So being against Habs fan all the time, mm-hmm. you know, teasing him and everything. So I have a little bit more rivalry towards Montreal. And yeah, we have 2015 there where we got eliminated, but that casual goal should have counted. And then we have 2013 where it was amazing. So I was just literally enjoying myself yesterday and just there for the, the sheer chaos that the game would create. So Toronto scores, I'm like, well, Montreal, too bad for you. And Montreal scores, I'm like, Toronto, what, what are you doing? And I think she cheered a little bit yeah. more for Montreal. I was definitely cheering for Montreal. because That's probably a smart move, just for your I, own yes, safety at that point. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> There were a couple of the Toronto fans, too. Yeah, yeah. They were pretty yeah, silent, uh, though. When they would score, it, it was really loud. Yeah. When Toronto would score, it was pretty loud. In the, yeah. Well, especially uh, they're making a comeback too, right? And they, yeah. they thought going in the third period, they're like, wow, did I pay $5,000, drive 500 kilometers each way to not even see my team score? Just like Habs fans did when they went to the outdoor game in Ottawa. It was minus yeah. 30 degrees and a 3 nothing shutout for yeah. the Senators. I was at that game as well. That was awesome. So your Twitter, you posted all the photos. The videos, everyone needs to go check it out. At Stu M. Sabrin, we got to end off with some talk going into the offseason, though. What do you think the Sens need to do here to be competitive next year, Stuart? Yeah, well, I think Pierre Dorian kind of tried to keep it on the low profile, and then Eugene Malik just went out and was like, we had number one center, we need a top four defenseman. And Pierre Dorian was like, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, so, well, obviously, who wouldn't want that? Uh, but I th- I like the team as it is. Obviously, there's some missing pieces, but I think the most important thing we need to do is evaluate the goaltending situation and who to protect or not to protect against Seattle. Um, And I think that's the biggest discussion we need to have is who between Joey Dacor or Philip Gustafson. Uh, So is it Joey Dax or Gus the Bus? And (laughs) to me, that's the biggest question we have because number one center, I think we can all agree, Josh Norris is pretty much like our two-way First center line. Uh, I like our forwards. I think you, I think our top nine is pretty good. Top four, uh, obviously. I think who would want a top four? Uh, if we get Dougie Hamilton, like I think I said on Twitter, if um, if if Seattle, if let's say Gustafson is not protected by Ottawa and Seattle doesn't pick him, I would bleach my hair. <laughs> <laughs> All right, careful <laughs> here. You're making a no, bold sure. claim here. Let's hear it. Yeah, yeah, and if Ottawa is able to sign Dougie Hamilton, we got the I museums. Will, I will bleach my hair like this and the beard and the beard <laughs> the second it happens. The like, same I, color, color as Dougie Hamilton's hair for sure. <laughs> has, has to be. He's got the he's got the light blonde hair on him too. Yeah. I, I'm on. I like hot takes. Last year, I said Ottawa was going to sign Petrangelo and Taylor Hall, so I'm going to stay out of the hot take. Uh, yeah category today although i am on record as saying shane pinto will have a better career than cole caulfield although he looks dangerous every shift last night i like where you're going with that though so would you rather go free agency or do you think it's time that maybe you go quantity for quality trade because ottawa has so many prospects or is that something you wait until further down the line i think i think i would wait obviously i'm 
speaking on my on my couch like let's wait but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think we need to wait because we really have some amazing pieces there and all the guys that got brought up were all drafted like from Jimmy Drake Josh within drafting but still he was in 2017 and part of the Carlson trade and um, like Alex Formanton I think is an essential part and maybe last year we could have if we were in the position this year last year where we were this year maybe we'd say let's trade maybe Alex Formanton but we see him play we're like we need this guy he's going to score every game on, on a breakaway and a penalty kill so I think on the on the prospect, I would I would kind of be patient because I really like our players, and as you said, Pinto I think is a pretty underrated guy there. Uh, so I, I'd go the free agency way and like try to maybe me maybe go more on the defensive side of things. But uh, I I wouldn't touch our young guys. I think they're pretty good, and we're gonna have one of the most dangerous top lines if we can pay them. <laughs> we'll be pretty good. Yeah, I'm with you, Stuart. I think the four groups here are pretty good. You mentioned the goalies. Uh, this is a hot topic on our show. So which goalie would you protect for the Seattle expansion draft? So I've been a big fan of him since he was traded for. I do not see where we don't protect Philip Gustafson. Joey Decor obviously, is like, like super um, likable character. He's competitive. He moves super fast. I don't think he has the same style as, as Philip Gustafson, but... Gustafson is like so calm, puck dies, the, the pucks die on him. I think he's very sound in his movements and laterally. Um, I think he's a bit taller too, and I think that's important. Um, I don't think that the, the, the issue with the hands there when he gets stressed out, doesn't feel his hands. I think that's. I forgot like, about that. Yeah, that, that was, was like, scary. That was scary. People are like, are you going to fall off? Yeah, he <laughs> goes to the bench and it's, he's getting a massage for a few minutes. <laughs> yeah, the time maybe out. Two-handed massage there on one hand. But uh, I, I, would, I would protect Philip Gustafson, but there's, it's nothing against Joey Decor. I, I think he's going to – both of them are going to be amazing goalies. Um, but one thing's for sure, I wish him all the best, but uh, I would not qualify Hogberg, that's for sure. Although – he is my header picture on Instagram. I saw he's about nice. 10 yeah. feet off his angle. The goal against right side, that was amazing. Like I saw that, we wanted the TV took a picture like this is it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I would protect uh, Philip Gustafson. Yeah. So, so Joey Decord's a friend of the show. He's been on yeah. a few times with us. So we always like to go to battle for our guys. One thing I will say about leaving him unprotected is after this year, the final year of his contract is a one-way deal. Yeah. And I think that might scare away a team like Seattle because he would have to be on their NHL roster and there's so many other guys to pick from. So that could play a role. Whereas if they take Gustafson, that I think is a no-brainer that they would take that because they can just put him in the minors. He's 21 yeah. years old and let him develop there. Gustafson gets to live in Palm Springs. I don't think that's the worst thing for him yeah. Yeah. where they, they get their farm team. But I, I like your thinking on that. I just go with Joey just knowing his dad's a goalie coach and, and just his, he's so – steady and I think he just gives the team confidence whereas Brandon and I worked in Belleville the last two years and I know it's a different league it's a different everything but he scared me every time he was in net and we call him Philly franchise but he scares me when he's uh when he's in net sometimes but you're right in the NHL he's looked so good and wherever Joey Decor will end he is going to be a starter yeah like Like, there's no questions about it if he stays in Ottawa it's probably going to be like one year where we had like the three-headed monster there with Bishop oh, yeah. and Anderson. Uh, if we if we end up with a two-headed monster with uh, Philip Gustafson and, and Joey Decor, 
that's amazing. But if he goes to Seattle, he's going to be the starter. Like, and don't, for, don't forget Matt Sogard either, the great Dane. And uh, I, I think his name is Merlinen. Merlinen. Yeah, Merlinen. Merlinen. Yeah. He's in the percolator. He's, he's just going and, slow and steady. Yeah, yeah. So we're, we're, we're going to be okay in, in between the pipes, for sure. Oh, yeah. As a goalie friend of the show, we love knowing that the Sens are covered in the crease. Yeah, that's yeah. for sure. All right, guys. Last question for me. And f- for those listening to the podcast, you can't see the video. These, these two are still in their Sens uniform. I asked them if they slept in them, but I don't, I don't think so. Uh, they needed a quick change there, but they're wearing them today. So I got to ask, and Melissa, I'll start with you. Are you guys going to get some new updated jerseys? And if you do, what player would you get? on? Well, actually, I think I already know your answer. It's Nick Paul, isn't it? <laughs> I, I, I'm just going to say that. Uh, I and I'm like, honey, Nick Paul has the puck. And she's like, oh, my God. And then she comes in. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Melissa and DJ Smith, the two biggest Nick Paul fans yeah, for there are. Sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it would be Paul, though. I really like him, but I, I like Kachuk and Stutzel just as much. I like maybe more. So, but which, which, if you had the option, which color jersey would you get? And yeah, who would be on the back? It would definitely be the black. Yeah. And yeah, let's go with Stutzel. I don't know. Nice. You know. Same as my jersey here. There yes, you go. exactly. I want that one. There you go. <laughs> I, and you, Stuart? I think I would go, I would ask for, because I don't think we can buy them. I would ask for a Senegoth because I have one from when I was really young, but it doesn't fit me. I, I looked like a sausage in it. I wanted to wear that one yesterday to the game, but it does not fit. Like stu- I look stupid. So I think. And I- you knew you were going to be on TV, so you can't wear a jersey yeah. where you're looking like a sausage. You got to look good, and you yeah, did exactly. the part. Exactly. So uh, I think a Senegoth with like an old school player. I. I Someone like we liked and we love back then. My Senegoth way back in the day, I had Chara on the back. See, that's that's a really nice. I had Le, I, yeah, I had Lalim. I had that on the red one. So it's also the, the Senegoth, the red one with the weird stripes on it. Yeah, maybe. Nice. Yeah. But uh, I think I had like a, I would ask like for a Senegoth and Havlat number twenty one. Havlat would be a good choice. Yeah, that was the first name you mentioned when you fell in yeah, love with the game. Yeah, well, that's awesome. I mean, you left absolutely nothing to question among your fandom for the Ottawa Senators. And Stuart and Melissa, thank you so much for joining us today on Locked On Senators. I already mentioned, but I'm going to do it again because the followers have tripled already, and I just see it continuing to rise, just like this sends young core. Follow them on Twitter as well, Stu M. Sabarin right there. And, guys, we look forward. Let us know next time you're coming to Ottawa, heading to the CTC. Got to have some beers in the parking lot. And the concessions, Melissa, will make sure are open for you so we can I have a few beers. That. But thanks so much for joining us today, guys. Real pleasure to chat with you. and Keep uh, spreading the good sense word. Thank, Thank you, you guys. so much. It was a pleasure. It was really, really fun. And, yeah, can't wait to, to be able to go to Ottawa to a game and meet you guys. It's going to be amazing. Stick taps to Stuart and Melissa for joining us. Really appreciate the insight and what a fun idea. You know, they mentioned it perfectly. 14 months of not really being able to do anything. So take advantage when you can and made a great story out of it as well. Before we roll in to our final segment, let's power up and grab a Built Bar because Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Built Bars are great for the health conscious guy or girl. You know, you hear Built Bar, you hear protein bar, you're like, oh no, probably so high in calories, so high in sugar. No, Built Bars are the opposite. They're low in calorie, low in sugar, but they do have that high protein, high fiber that you need to keep the energy going throughout the day. 
They come in 16 amazing flavors. We'd recommend getting the mix box. You can try all the deliciousness that Built Bar has to offer. Pillsy, with that many flavors, though, you got to narrow it down. Give the people your pick of the day. My pick of the day, and this is one I haven't shared it in a while, and it's it's a championship caliber Built Bar flavor. It's one of my favorites. You got to get on it. This There's only a few flavors where I would recommend get a full box of them, and this is one of them. Cookies and cream an amazing built bar flavor ross just talked about the low calories 130 calories high protein 17 grams of protein and low sugar only four grams guys built bar is the protein bar you got to be looking out for and it's not just us saying it they're the official protein bar of the u.s ski and snowboard team and usa track and field not a big deal so those athletes know who they trust and you should know who you trust too. So go out and try Pillsy's pick of the day, cookies and cream built bar. Built bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Go to builtbar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. All right, Pillsy, we're going to get to your parlay of the day presented by Bet Online, but we got to talk about that Vegas, Colorado game one. Nathan McKinnon, this guy is doing everything he can to bridge the gap between him and McDavid as the best player in the National Hockey League. He's got eight goals, 12 points, both leading the NHL, yet he swept the first round. So he's only played five games. It's completely incredible. He turned on the afterburners. Welcome Nick Haig to the National Hockey League. But unfortunately, in that 7-1 avalanche victory over Mark Stone and the Golden Knights, that's the background story because it got ugly. There was a huge hit earlier in the game. Questionable, yes. Ryan Graves laid out Matthias Janmark. He was down in a heap for a little while. I believe it was just two minutes for, for interference on the play. Nothing major. And Ryan Reeves just took matters into his own hands later in the game. What's your thought on that whole play? And Ryan Reeves ended it with a match penalty. He was like kneeling on Graves' head. It was a really tough scene in Colorado. Yeah, and that's the unfortunate part, because even though it was a blowout, there's, it was still a good game, and there's lots to get into, which we will after this. But the Graves hit is a weird one for me, because you first, and they talked about this on the broadcast, first you got to look at the size difference. Yanmark is so much smaller than Graves, so it's really hard to get a good, clean hit where it doesn't look like he's hitting him right in the head. And second of all, maybe the hit was a little bit late, but like barely and if you watch if you slow it down it looks terrible like it looks real bad but if you watch it in real time it's like uh, you're looking at about a half second second difference there where maybe you shouldn't have caught him there and him on the ground it's not good and obviously the Vegas Golden Knights when you're getting absolutely pummeled in game one you don't like that and you want to send a message so that's what Reeves trying to do but that's not how you send a message and that's that's where it gets scary when I was watching that replay of it I just got so scared when guys are on the ground and helmets are off and skates are kicking everywhere. Like you could look at a serious, serious injury and that would be really unfortunate. So I think definitely the match penalty was deserved because he had a lot of weight on his head on the ground there. And that's when, I mean, Reeves Revo, like 240. I was just about to say, he might be the heaviest guy in the NHL. If not, if not the Outside heaviest guy, Z. one of them. Yeah. yeah. So that's a really scary situation. And if you're the refs, you can't let that escalate. Like you can't let that boil over. So you got to get them out of there and it's a blowout game. So it's going to be interesting. I don't know if Reeves has a hearing or what's going on, but uh, that kind of stuff can't really be happening because it takes, like these are the two powerhouse skilled teams of the league. This is supposed to be the most skillful 
uh, matchup, and it was a 7-1 beatdown with Bothell. some violence in there. So you, you, you don't really want to see that for the rest of this series. It deteriorated into a debacle. Remember Ray <laughs> yeah. Ferraro saying that about the Sens in 2018? What an all-time line there. And the Avalanche are going to be very up in arms as well because they're playing without Nazem Kadri, who got an eight-game suspension earlier in the playoffs. So with a match penalty, by the way, you asked what could happen. With a match penalty, you're indefinitely suspended until the league reviews it. So we'll see what happens. But you know Evander Kane, Ryan Reeves, they've got their big beef. Evander Kane tweets out, instead of suspending him, they should be forced to play him 20 minutes a night, which I thought was an all-time chirp. Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, well, geez, when you're getting beat 7-1, you, you might want to try something different anyway. So maybe uh, Revo could pot a goal or two for you at 20 minutes a night. Yeah, it was a, a fast-paced game still, but you look at Robin Leonard in goal. That was a strange decision, too, going to, to Leonard rather than Fleury, who had been a star in round one. And I think it was to give him a little extra rest, knowing that that first round went seven games. But it's the playoffs. What are you doing? And then Leonard goes out, and I didn't think it was all his fault, although he's a little off-angle on the ranting in goal. And uh, I think he could, he'd tell you he could have played a bit better, too. But seven goals is the most he's ever allowed in a game. This guy played for the Buffalo Sabres for three years. Yeah, that's that's wild. That's a crazy stat they wouldn't expect. Now, with the goalie thing, everyone is an armchair expert. You know who knows the best of how Flurry's feeling? Probably the coach of the team. So he probably has a lot more intel than we do. Yeah. This guy needs a break, and we're going to give it to him. And for, for me, game one, obviously you want to win that. That's ideal. But I don't think it really swings the series too much who wins game one, especially the Avalanche are at home anyways. I thought it was an okay idea because the Avalanche have been rested so long. Leonard is no slouch. This is a guy that loves to battle, but he just hadn't played in so long. And the Vegas Golden Knights, like they'll tell you themselves, they didn't exactly put up a great show in front of him. Like he, they were getting pummeled in shots. They weren't getting any momentum. Nothing like that was happening. So it, it's a tough situation for Leonard, but I think it's not a detrimental thing. I think the only thing that would make me think different about that, Ross, is you're going up against the present trophy winner and a team that's so stacked and built for the playoffs. Maybe this isn't the series where you take a chance and put a cold goalie in to get it started. Yeah, tough intro for Leonard onto the Sens Abroad team. You can follow hashtag Sens Abroad on Twitter. He has a 7.03 goals against average and an 811 save percentage of course he can improve that it won't take much for him to jump over chris trieger who had an 871 save percentage in three games this postseason but at the top of that leaderboard it's still john gabriel pajot jg playoff seven points in seven games he's a plus five and get this billsy 30 hits in seven games like this is a water bug type player i miss pager as good as ridley greg is and some say he's like a similar style guy Pager's always going to have a soft spot in my heart, knowing that he was just a warrior. And you know, he's the kind of guy that's going to retire in Ottawa as well and be at alumni events. You hope. So, I mean, we're just cheering for him to do well. Mark Stone right behind him with five points. And then Alex Galchenyuk, Jason Spezza, both with four points in blue team elimination day. We should mention Nick Felino is tied with the 2021 first round pick he was acquired for with zero goals this postseason. He's got one assist. Of course, missed a couple of games with injuries there as well. Pilsy, uh, one more note on that game seven. It's announced that Jake Muzzin will be out at least three weeks with a lower body injury. That is an enormous loss. As you've seen, the Habs decor, it's four huge guys, right? They've got Edmondson, Sherratt, 
Weber, and I'm forgetting the fourth guy's name right now, but they're all big. Oh, Petrie, another big body, can move well. And you just look at the Leafs, like they're going to be reliant on Dermot and Sandine. Like, all right, do you. This is what you get when you have, uh, you're, when you put yourself into a tough spot depth wise. Like, who else are they going to call on? Like, Ben Hutton, Timothy Logren, Minnie Carlson. Where are you at? I mean, it's going to be a great game tonight, Pilsy. I'm really fired up for it. We've had a great show today. Lots to dissect, and it'll be even better tomorrow once we know what goes on tonight. 7 o'clock start. You can follow us on Twitter, at Send Central, for all of the trolling that your heart desires as a third party watching this game. Pilsy, before we go, though, the draft lottery is two days away, and right now we're 12 spins in to the Tankathon. We've moved down three times to 11th, and then nine, we've landed at number 10. Pills, you want to give us a spin here while I explain that the draft lottery, with the way the odds work, the Senators have a 4.5% chance of drafting first overall and a 4.8% chance of drafting second. So with that being said, Pills, give us a spin and let's hope that Arizona doesn't jump up so you have to do it again. <laughs> Finally, I don't get an Arizona uh, forfeited pick here. So LA is getting the first overall pick with Seattle getting the second and Ottawa. They stay right there at 10. So 10 out of 13 spins, they stay that way. I mean, that's kind of the way that the odds have in their favor as I give it a spin. New Jersey jumps up three spots to number one. Vancouver in second. And you guessed it, your Ottawa Senators stay in 10th. So The draft lottery coming up soon. Cannot wait for that. Pilsy, let's get right before we leave your parlay of the day presented by Bet Online. Yeah, and I I have made no secret about one part of my parlay. The Habs money line has got to be in there. I just, you can't go against curses. Like, I'm not a superstitious guy, maybe just a little stitious, but you cannot look at the Leafs and say they're going to break this curse. So I'm taking Habs money line at plus 175. And then the other game, New York Islanders, Boston Bruins. Look, that was a rough showing for the Islanders. The Bruins just pounced them. I don't think they're going to win game two, but I certainly think they're going to put towards a better effort. So I'm going reverse puck line Islanders at minus 155. So you got Habs money line, Islanders reverse puck line, Put 10 bucks in. You're going to win 35-24. I like those odds a lot. That is Pillsy's playoff parlay of the day. So ride with Pillsy all the way to another Leafs defeat. Enjoy the game tonight. Thank you for so much for listening. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators podcast. Your team every